0: We are in Exodus um, chapter 15, starting today at verse 22, and we are on the other side of the Red Sea. The Israelites have crossed over. They have been rescued by God. They have been delivered out of slavery by the miraculous hand of Almighty God, and now they find themselves on the other side of the Red Sea um, with all sorts of problems um, immediately, which is uh, great—just great lessons for us, don't you? Isn't Exodus just a great book? Have you found like oh, I'm getting so much out of Exodus? It's so good. Um, and have you come across the book? Uh, Echoes of Exodus, by the way, by um, Roberts and Wilson. Andrew Wilson, some of you might know. But um, just a brilliant book that kind of takes the Exodus story and looks at all the places through the Bible where it gets repeated in different forms and you get the same kind of themes coming through. It's a brilliant, brilliant book. Echoes of Exodus. Get that if you can. Um, But let's read um, chapter 15 from verse 22. Do we have it on the screen? Yes. Right. Let me read it from the screen. I'm going to put my, I'm to have my back to you. Sorry about that. Um, right. Then Moses made Israel set out from three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Then they came to Elim, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees, and they encamped there, by the water, which is a great moment to say, do come to Fusion because camping is a biblical thing, (laughs) okay? It's in the Bible, it was done a long time before we ever thought we invented it, and it'll be great to be together camping. You don't have to camp. Anyway, they set out from Elim and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. in the evening, meat to eat, and in the morning, bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him. What are we? Your grumbling is not against, the, against us, but against the Lord. Father, I just pray for your um, enlightening right now. I pray that you would make this come alive to our hearts. I pray that you would change us and quicken to us what you want to say to the Lord. Come By your spirit, deep into our hearts and minds this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so we find ourselves, as I say, having crossed the Red Sea on the other side. Amazing deliverance has happened. The, The Israelites, one minute, are singing the praises of this incredible God who has rescued them from slavery under their Egyptian taskmasters. And three days later, already they're grumbling about their problems. Here we are with grumbling about the provision and what is going on in the wilderness and I don't know about you, but when I first read this, I think, what a ridiculous response. How can you do that, you people? How can you be rescued by God in that way out of slavery, and three days later, already you're complaining, and, you, uh, and you, you're kind of saying it'd be better off before when you sat around pots of meat. By the way, they never sat around pots of meat. That's rubbish. They were slaves building pyramids for a, for a tyrannical taskmaster. They, they wouldn't have eaten meat. That wouldn't been their normal diet. But suddenly, through rose-tinted spectacles, everything was okay when they were in slavery. No, it wasn't. But as soon as they've got problems, after three days, they're already grumbling about what is going on. And we look on and we say, that is awful, you people. And yet, if we're honest, is this in us also? That on Sunday, we stand... I've got to be careful of this stuff here. Oh, no, it's fine. Um, on Sunday, we stand here and God, you're so faithful. You've rescued us from sin. You've, we celebrate with communion. You've forgiven us. We, we've got new life in you. It's just incredible. You're a great God. We worship you together. Isn't it great to be the people of God? But by Wednesday, the circumstances of life have crowded in again and those people who aren't God's people, they seem to be blessed and okay, but we're the people of God and God, have you have you left us on our own? Isn't that true of us too? The reality is, it's in us, isn't it? And I've, there is so much that God wants to teach us, I believe, from this place. <laughs> Sarah, don't feel you have to. I just like to dance around a bit when I'm up here. That's the problem. I can't stand still. Um, but there's so much that God wants to teach us. And as I was worshipping this morning over in the West before I spoke, I just felt God say, look, people have got its time to move on from faffing around on the banks of the Red Sea. And it's so easy to, we know that we've been rescued. We know that. We celebrate it. We're quick to talk about it. We know what God has done and achieved. But then so often we stop right there and that's it. And then we just think, well, then we just carry on with life. And we go back and we, do, and we look the same as everybody else. But actually, we're a called out people. And this is just the beginning. We're called on to so much more. Amen? And there, I, I believe that's God's, God's message to us today is as we've, we know we've been rescued, but now let's go on. Let's go deeper. Let's be drawn on into the purposes of God and all that he has for us. God is stirring us in these days. Make no mistake, I hope you and haven't we, that that we're going into a new era, that God is doing some new things, that he's taking us into a, a new phase. And I don't know how many of you were there on Wednesday evening as we gathered together both sites and, uh, t- for our evening just of worship and getting before God and seeking him in a more relaxed environment. It was so good. And, we, and Carla, um, Carla was there and she brought something that she felt God was saying about us uh, hearing the sounds of heaven and there was a sense of that there was a it, it, you know the first sounds if you like the 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 first um uh, kind of indications of God doing something new. But we felt that. We, there was a sound of God on the move again and wanting to be with us. And it's great to have those opportunities. And please, when we put them in the diary again, come because there's something of that we can't do on a Sunday morning when we're all together and you're in that more relaxed environment just with the people of God. Say, God, what are you saying? We wanna be before you as your people and you catch us up in what you're doing. But it was, it was great and, but there's that sense, God, you're doing, you're drawing us on. And my, my, Prophetic sense, if you like, this morning is that we've it's easy to faff around and to be heads down in our circumstances, worrying about what do we do in the wilderness and how does it all work out. And God would say, No, come on, more, come on, move on, come on, uh, show, let me show you some more of my glory and what I want to do with you. Actually, you're a people, you remember the promises, remember the big picture, you're a people who've been called out for purpose, you've been called out. That you might display my glory to the nations around you, Amen. We're not supposed to look like everybody else because we've been called out to demonstrate who God is, to display His glory. The promise to Abraham, which is our promise as well by inheritance, is that we are those uh, who will display His glory to the ends of the earth, to, to the ends of the earth, to all the nations of the world. And so there's a, there's a drawing on in God, I believe, in these days, where he would say, I want you to pursue me. I want you to, uh, to do everything you can to set aside time and to seek my face that I might show you how to move on into, into the more of what I've got for you. Amen? Now, listen, that doesn't mean that, you're, that you get out of the wilderness. It doesn't mean that the circumstances of life are suddenly all sorted out. But what we find out, and we're going to find out in a minute, is that, the, that God has purposes in that time. And actually, it's a time of training, and it's a time of testing, and it's a time of drawing us on. And actually, it's the very, it's the very wilderness circumstances that will prepare us to be what God has called us to be. And in fact, we're never going to do the things that he's called us to. We're never going to display his glory in the way that he intends and wants if we don't allow the wilderness circumstances and actually some of the challenges to train us in the purposes of God. Actually, this wilderness time between being rescued and the promised land, which for us, of course, is eternity in glory with God at the end of this life, if we... What, what we've got to do is allow God to do what he wants to do in this in-between time. And boy, can sometimes, it, it does feel like a wilderness. You see, sometimes I think we, we've misunderstood what happens. We think we've been rescued from, we know we've been rescued from slavery, but, and, and, and shouldn't that sort everything out? Well, no, not in this intervening period. Actually, the, the, it, the, the struggle continues in some ways. Not in this, You're not enslaved anymore, but actually God wants to train us. In serving Him, in obeying Him, in following Him, you see, no, everybody serves somebody. It's not that we get out from slavery under the Egyptian taskmasters and then we just do our own thing, do whatever we fancy because that'll be great. Now, it wouldn't be great, actually. Or what we do is construct our own idols. Actually, what what we what we're called out for is to then serve the living God, the one true God, to to. To learn what it is to follow in his ways. We'll always be because actually that that is the way that leads to flourishing in life. Amen? That's the promise. If we will serve the true, the one true God, then we will not only will we flourish, but also we'll represent him and display him to the, the rest of the nations of the world. Amen. This is a really interesting bit of scripture. And it's a really interesting point in the journey of the Israelites because it keeps something significant about what is going on here. So let me go to the first of those, which is in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy um, chapter 8. Um, and this is what we read. This is 8 verse 16. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors, as it is today. You see, there's something in this time that is important for us to learn from the Israelites, which is about training us in the purposes of God, testing us, testing to see where our hearts are. And that's something he's also doing right now, I believe, that he's testing what's really in our hearts. Are we really... Are we really ready to go and follow him in fullness that we might see the full measure of what he would really like to do in us and through us? Are we ready to do that? There's a testing. Are we willing uh, to follow him in those ways and a training in his ways and in his purposes that we might know his glory, that it might go well for us and that we might display who he is to all those around us who haven't yet. And so I believe that God would call us on in these days. Now, let me talk about two of the ways I think that this happens. My notes are all over the place today. I feel like I've, um, I slightly feel like I've, that I've, uh, that in me as I've prepared has been a kind of manna experience, right? So what happened with the manna is that God only gave enough for that day. And here's an important training principle. In fact, well, let's, let's talk about this now. Why not? Um, (laughs) But you see, what has happened is that I got to Saturday morning, and I was thinking, as you do, what am I talking about? And, and I just thought, this, this, this is rotten, right? The manor rotted on the second day. Um, I, they, I, I, this needs rethinking. Uh, and I kind of felt, again, today, I'm like, I looked today, and I thought, still, what, what is this? What, where, what am I doing with this? But, and I felt God say, yes, and here's the lesson, which is that I want you to be dependent on me in the moment. I want you to be dependent on me on the day. And isn't that the thing about manna? You see, this is what it takes. This is the training that God wants to do with us in the wilderness. Is that, and it won't last till tomorrow. And you can't be in control like you want to be. And you can't work it all out ahead of time. Isn't this true? This is what we're like. But that is the slavery mentality, by the way. I know we don't see it as slavery, but we want to be in control. We want to have everything mapped out. And God says, no, that's not the way it works in my kingdom. That's not what I've rescued you for. That's not how you're ever going to see fullness. That's not how you're going to experience the full glory of what I want for you as my people. Actually, you need to learn to be dependent on me. You need to learn to be dependent sons and daughters of a God who is absolutely faithful. Amen? So you can't be in control. It's no good going out and uh, getting manna ahead of time and stacking it up so that everything is okay and you're sorted. You can't do it. It rots. It's no good getting out, going out, and stacking up as many loo rolls as you can for the days ahead. That's not what it's about. Is he, God says, trust me in the day. Trust me in the moment. Depend on me every day, come again and depend on me. In every circumstance that you struggle with, come again and depend on me. Don't rely on yesterday. Don't think you can be in control. I'm training you. And boy, this training sometimes takes a long time and it's painful, by the way. Amen? It took 40 years to train this, to train the slavery mentality out of the Israelites. You see, somebody wiser than me has said, I can't remember who it was, but I know I've read it, that it's easier to get the people of God out of Egypt than it is to get Egypt out of the people of God. But actually what God wants to do in these days is to move us on from this mentality that we've been in slavery where actually we look pretty much the same as everybody else. Yes, we know we've been rescued. Yes, we know our sins have been forgiven and we celebrate that. But actually a lot of the time we don't look that different from the people in Egypt. Amen? Amen. And God says, no, come on, there's more. There's more. I want to train you independence on me. So, and that's the only way we will see the glory that God wants to reveal amongst us, I believe. There is so much more that he wants to do. That is what is on my heart. But we, we have to allow the wilderness circumstances and the struggles with, as the Israelites did, we have to allow God in those things to train us in dependence. You see, independence... Independence is the root of sin. Actually, what God wants us to, to be is absolutely dependent on Him. Sons and daughters of the Most High, who will, has covenanted, effect, in effect, He's committed Himself to look after us, to do everything that we need. And, and as we just read in Deuteronomy 8, it's for our, that things ultimately may go well with you. We don't see that right now, and we don't understand all the circumstances because that's some of the time God is using the things that we go through that we might become the people that he wants us to be. Let me tell you another thing. You see, God, I believe in these days, wants to reveal more of who he is to us. You see, isn't it interesting that the first, the first challenge the Israelites had when the water was bitter and... Um, Yes, he solved the problem of the circumstance. He gave Moses the stick and said, put it in the water and the water will become sweet. He's kind. He does sort sort circumstances when we... But but what is the thing that he said to them? He didn't... He he actually said to them um, that if you will walk in my ways, then I will not put you under the diseases of the Egyptians because I am the Lord your healer. Well, you're like, well, that's not what I was complaining about. That's not the issue here. But you see, all it... Isn't it interesting how God often doesn't answer the question we're asking? Because he wants to do something bigger and something different with us. We found it with Moses, didn't we? Moses said, who am I that you should send me? And he didn't answer. God didn't answer the question. He just said, I'll go with you. That's enough for you. I'll go with you. But here, they say, look, we've got this problem with our circumstances. God says, actually, what I want to do is I want, to, I want you to follow in my ways. And I want to reveal some more of who I am. My nature is I'm God the healer. My nature is that, I want you to understand the bigger picture. I want you to understand that you've come out from the curse of slavery. You've come out from those diseases. You are now a people under the covenant, committed, faithful care of a God who cannot let you down. In his very nature is goodness and faithfulness. He will not let you go, even in the wilderness. You might not see it all right now. But he says... I want to reveal to you my nature in these days. I'm not just going to fix your circumstances. I want to reveal my glory to you. Amen? And that's another thing I believe he's doing in these days. He's saying, come on, won't you come closer? Won't you allow time that I might reveal some more of who I am? that, That my glory might dwell more amongst you. And so you might become more the people that I want you to be. I'm training you. I'm revealing myself to you. But for goodness' sake, stop faffing around on the banks of the Red Sea and come on, come on. There's more. Amen. Amen. I love the fact that I, I love the fact that the manner thing is a daily thing. You see, we've got to get into some. Re- it, isn't it interesting that God says, "I'm going to set up for you a statue and a rule." You see, we think, "Oh, that isn't that religion? Rules? We, we're free." No, but but. True flourishing and freedom comes in serving God and learning to follow him. Actually, that takes discipline. It takes repeating every day, going to God. What? I need you today. Every, learning that we're not a grumbling people. We're a, what does Moses do? When the people grumble, the Moses' response is immediately he cries out to God. So that is the challenge to us, is we don't grumble in our circumstances. Our first thought is, I'm going to cry out to God. Because he's faithful. He knows what he's doing. He might not answer this prayer in the way that I expect him to or that I'd like him to. But my response is not to grumble. Let that be your challenge for this week when you find yourself grumbling about something. Stop. Cry out to God about it. We're so slow to do that, aren't we? But we haven't been trained out of our slavery mentality yet. Amen? This is so key. It's, it's, it's actually basics, but we, we need to learn it. We're like the Israelites. And there's a daily thing, I believe, he wants to get us into some serious daily patterns of coming to God, of knowing we, we cannot do anything without him. We must go to him. You see, while we're still in the place where we don't have to go to God every day, it says we haven't yet been trained out of our slavery mentality. We're not yet free serving God and, and living in his kingdom because we, don't, we haven't understood how dependent we actually are on a God who is faithful to us. And so he wants to do that every day. And I I love the bit, verse 6 of chapter 16. I love the way that this is described. Um, Where is it? So Moses and Aaron said to uh, all the people of Israel, "At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord uh, because he's heard your grumbling. You see, in the evening there's this... There's this, we're to get into some habits in this. In the evening, you look back and you see what God has done and you recognize what he's done in drawing you out. Not not just that he's forgiven your sin, but that he's brought you into a kingdom of a committed covenant faithful God who cannot and will not in his nature he can't let you down and in the every evening you go God you're so faithful I'm so grateful and that is your habit in the evening and in the morning you look forward and you say God I want to see your glory I actually want to move on I want I want to know you meeting my every need I want to see uh, more manifestations of who this great God is in the circumstances that I face today I know that I can't do them on my own, but I will come to you and, Lord, let your glory be seen. Because we're a people of the presence of God. As it says in the passage, doesn't it, as Aaron was speaking to the Israelites, that there was the cloud of the presence of God. And so we, we look back every day and we say, God, we're so thankful for what you've done. And we look forward every day and we say, God, show us your glory. Reveal yourself to us. May we be dependent on you. Give us every. We cry out to you for everything that we need. And it's not, you see, it's not that God takes us out of wilderness. It's not that he always removes those circumstances, but he says, in them, won't you let me show you that I'm God? Actually, the wilderness, isn't it fascinating? There's a lovely verse in, I don't know if you've read the, the Song of Songs. Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 5. Um, it talks, it's this whole thing about the 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 Lover and the Beloved, which is a, a picture of the, the people of God and Jesus Christ. And there's a bit that, that actually talks about the beloved going into the wilderness, actually. That that's part of the process. But, but, but she comes out leaning on her lover. And we, you see, we, we're to come out of circumstances. We're to come out of the things that we have to go through leaning on God. That's, that's the result that he's after not fixing everything, what in our eyes looks like fixing, but leaning on him and letting him demonstrate who he is in his very nature that cannot let us down. And he'd say, in these days, I want to reveal more of this. I want to reveal more of who I am. The sound of heaven is amongst us. But will we pursue Him? Will we move on from grumbling on the banks of the Red Sea? And God could say, say, "God, show us some more of who You are." There was a uh, there was a great, um, a prophetic kind of um, thing on Wednesday evening, uh, where uh, uh, quite a new lady to the church um, talked about God wanting to increase our capacity. She saw this picture of boxes that were gradually getting bigger, one inside the other, and and actually God says. These are days, I don't want you to stay where you are. I want your capacity to increase. Now, will you come after me for a bigger capacity to to understand and receive my nature, a bigger capacity for for my glory and my presence amongst you, a bigger capacity in you to follow my ways that I might be seen amongst you. Our capacity is to grow in these days. We're We're not supposed to stay where we are. We're not to stay... Messing around on the banks of the Red Sea, complaining about the circumstances that we don't like. But no, we're to see the big picture of the people that God has called us to be. And to pursue him for the more as we go on into his purposes in the days ahead. Amen? I think we should stop there. Let's stand together, shall we? If you're willing to just uh, stand with me in that and say, God, won't you take us on now as, you, as your people? Won't you take us on to the next things? Won't you reveal some more of your glory, Lord? Won't you train us some more in being dependent on you and seeing what you will do amongst us? Can I just invite you to lift your hands? If, if you Don't do it because I said so, but do it if that's the desire of your heart. We pray, Father, that you... Lord, we thank you for where you've got us right now. We thank you for this new season, this new era that you are speaking to us about. We thank you for the, the sense we have of you amongst us and wanting to stir us and draw us on. And Lord, we want to we, we say, Lord, we recognize in our hearts some, some of that we see in the people of God, of, in, the, in the Israelites. There that we've looked at in Exodus today. We recognize it and Lord, we say, have mercy on us. Lord, we say, yes, provide us for us in your kindness, but Lord, we say, train us in being dependent on you, being uh, people who rely on you, uh, sons and daughters of the living God who is faithful and will never, never let us down. Lord, may we be trained in this and may we see in these days some more of your glory, your presence amongst us. May we not look so much like those around us uh, who haven't yet encountered you, Lord, but may we be ready to be drawn on into your purposes, drawn on into de- being a true demonstration of who you are amongst us, Lord. I, I just want to pray right now uh, we've we've read that the, that God says I'm the Lord your healer. If there's anybody who needs healing this morning, uh, just uh, this is something that we need to keep pursuing in God because it is one of those. It, it, you see, He says to them early on because it's part of this new order that He's pulled them out into. And so we need to believe for, for those things. I believe He wants to do it in these days. If that's you, I'd love you just to raise a hand just to say, "Yep, yeah, God, I, I recognise that's part part of your nature." Um, raise a hand up in the air. Um, can can we get others quickly just to gather around uh, those who have got a hand in the air right now and just lay a, lay a hand on them. You don't have to say anything particular. Uh, just, Father, I want to pray that you as our healer would break in in new ways and that this would be something of the glory of God that we see in these days. Lord, not that we just keep it in here, but that as we get confident in who you are, it would spill out of this place. It would spill out of our gatherings. It would spill out of our... Uh, our family, and Lord, that the nature of you and your glory and your goodness will be seen around us. So Father, we pray, let healing come to your people. I speak to you this morning, whatever's wrong in your body, and I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. God, let your glory come. Break in on us, Father. Lord, not for our own good. Uh, Yes, it will be for our own good. Of course it will. But Lord, so that we may be a demonstration of the nature of this great God that we have. Lord, we worship you as the the Lord, our healer this morning. And so, Father, I bless every one of my brothers and sisters this morning, and I pray that you would go with us. I pray that you would stir us and provoke us. I pray you would test us uh, and see where our hearts are. Lord, I pray that you would challenge us in these days. And, Lord, take us on, we pray, for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen.